I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Fancy sponsoring the Battle Fever Network? Fancy having your business, cut your logo, or our social media graphics, and your details being read out on our shows? Well, now you can. Get in touch with us on any of our social media platforms, or email us at battlefeverpod at outlook.com. That's battlefeverpod at outlook.com. Hashtag keep the battle fever on. This show is brought to you by the Battle Fever Network. If you haven't already, then please follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Just search the Battle Fever podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and never miss a pod again. Hit that subscribe button and you're in. If you don't, we'll send policies round to your door for a talking to. And trust me, you don't want that. You can talk for days. It is safer, really, just to subscribe. Red Fawcett is beautiful. It's deep in history. And I know what I'll find when the place comes alive. I got that When I was a young boy, my father said to me, put this scarf around your neck and sing the blues with me. And now I am much older, there's a place I want to be, it's Red Fawcett, it's beautiful.
foe is steeped in history. And I know what I'll find when the place comes alive. I got that battle fever coming over me. And I got butterflies and hurricanes shaking my body. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon, good morning, whatever the day is, time of the day is, whatever day is you're watching this. And welcome to Preseason Diaries, and this is week three. Um, we've had a shake-up this, this afternoon or this evening. We have Jason Reed substituted for Baz Bowski, but we'll go right round, first and foremost, and Paul Seas, how are we doing, my friend? Good evening, I'm very well. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I've got a beer. The sun's shining. The Rangers have just signed another player. Life is good at the moment. Life is grand. It couldn't be fancier. Huh? Correct. Correct. And fresh back for Portugal. I thought he'd have a better tan than what he's got, mind you. <laughs> Dale, Dale, how are you doing, mate? <laughs> nah, not too bad. I did say last week, if I came back the same colour, then it's mission accomplished. So, delighted I never get frazzled <laughs> over there. I was just... Uh, Layering on the factor 50 like nobody's business, so um, yeah, came back the same color, so delighted with that. Love Island season, laying on factor 50, <laughs> that's what they say in Love Island, anyway. <laughs> joining us again for the first time, actually, in a wee while, Baz Browski. How are you doing, my friend? It's been a long time, it's been a while, mate. You know, me, I had to go to rehab, and uh, then we had to sort out of our contract and all that sort of stuff. So, there's been a few reasons why I've not been here, but the lights. Acting up in here, right? I look as if I've got a uh, Dale Stan. Right? I, look, <laughs> I, look as, I look as if I went to Portugal and missed the game and sat by the pool. And we were discussing this. See if I put my horn out of the camera somewhere. The redness goes away and I've got a normal covered face. And then when I take my hand away, the mad tan comes back. So I don't know what's going on there. But uh, it's good to be back. I know I've been threatening to come back. I'll be on, I'll be on, and then I don't show up and all that. But uh, I had no excuses tonight. So Ah, uh, thanks for inviting me back on. It's good to be here, mate. That's all right, mate. That's all right. Um, what do you make of our new adverts? It's a very proper threat, isn't it? He sent Paul Seed Do you know what? Program. I was laughing. At me. <laughs> it's the first time. I, it's the first time I heard it. And uh, I was like, not a truer word has ever been spoken. People <laughs> Just like, subscribe. Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, subscriptions went through the fucking roof. So I found myself sitting here. I was like, ah, fuck, it's my subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> so I said last week, but I subscribed to my own pod because of that threat. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I'm delighted we've got a game to talk about, but we don't really. We've got half a game to talk about. And even at that, it's not really half a game because Premier Sports only showed probably half in a half a game. So really, we've got a quarter of a game of football to talk about. Dell seen the lot, mind you. So <laughs> he's seen the full half. <laughs> um, so Sunderland, well, first of all, before we get to Sunderland, actually, Dell, give us a wee update. You obviously travelled to Portugal when we finished recording the show last week. What happened when we got there? Take us through the journey. What, 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 went, what went on there? Because you got a wee tour of the facilities and all that as well. So what was that like? Well, they spent, they spent, uh, it was brilliant. The facilities were top class. Um, a lot of teams spend uh, a week intensive training there. PSG have been there. Ireland uh, Rugby Union team have been there. Um, Liverpool players have been there. Virgil van Dijk was there playing tennis when I was there. Um, it's a bit surreal. Just a high class facility. 
the team, of course, have been there for, for a week and it should have culminated in a friendly with uh, Sunderland, who were also at the Algarve. Um, but the game itself was uh, a shambles from start to finish, you have to say. Um, half time, the players go out. Rangers, but there was really little to talk about that first half. I don't know how much you guys seen. Um, but I was looking at my phone, seeing that folk were watching the Scottish Cup final and what have you. Uh, and then, uh, we won the treble, mate, and I know, so we did. So you'd have missed the goal. Um, the goal was a disaster, uh, and then the players got up the tunnel. They're, they're about to come back out, and the lights go off, and that was pretty much it. Darkness descended rapidly, uh, and it got to a point where it was like an hour had, had, had surpassed. We get the lights back on, uh, but the teams just decided here it's too much of a risk getting the players back out for a, a bounce game really and they decided just to just to wrap it but um total shambles um two rangers fans uh, shout out to them ian martin and a boy called uh, david cook i think it was that offered their services and tried to get into the control room and it was uh they never had a key that they, they had to phone the council guy to come out uh, with a key to open the room and then he was having none of it. He didn't like. He didn't enjoy having these two guys that these two sparks that knew what they were talking about, trying to sort of get the lights back on. So uh, it was a bit of a farce, and uh, it resulted in no game, unfortunately. But uh, it's what it is. You feel for the fans that headed out. I mean, it was all right for me. I was uh, lucky enough to cover the team and all that, and and that sort of stuff. But the fans that head out there, they want to see the they want to see Rangers, of course, don't they? So. Aye. Um, the fact they couldn't uh, was a bit of a nightmare. I know they're getting their tickets refunded and all that, but um, I was, kudos, uh, kudos to the club for that, by the way, because that's no that's not a gesture that Rangers do. Really. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm not sure, and I'm not sure if Sunderland have done it, but Rangers were bang one straight away. They say every fan's getting refunded, so fair play to them for that. But uh, I uh, let's hope there's no more of that going forward. Um, hopefully, we'll get a full ninety minutes on Saturday against Blackpool, and then. Uh, uh, that would be good. But uh, it was a good trip all round, apart from the game. So do, you know, do you know what, Scott? I love, I love Rangers fans. There's always somebody <clears throat> that can fix something, no matter <laughs> where they go in the world. Like, oh, we'll fix it. We'll fix it. We're the electricians and all that. I'll like something next. Scott's, Scott's a joiner. What? Aye, I'll fix Right, you get your tools. I've got my spirit level in my saw in my bag. I take it everywhere I go. We'll fix it. There's, everywhere you go, there's Rangers fans that can just fix and sort any situation. Whereas other fans will offer, fuck take with the fuck fucking take this. No Rangers fans. Sparks are there. You know what I mean? We'll get it. We'll it right now. You know what I mean? Of course. Of course. So well done, well done to the boys, man. I think that's cracking. I know. Well, that's brilliant. Listen, the boy, the, boy, the boy I spoke to said he should have just shoved the wee Portuguese guy out the way and just done it himself. If, if, that, if he had done that, we'd have got a full game on. But that's what it is. If you're watching... Just fucking shove them out of the road next time and just go. Uh, You're a professional. I have to, I have to say, Derek was uh, live streaming at one point, showing what was going on, and <laughs> and, and the live stream he was putting out on on Twitter was much much better than anything Premier Sports done that night. See when it went down, I was getting comments just live streamed the game and all that, and <laughs> I put it to my boss and he says, "Do, do you want sued heavily or that?" <laughs> Periscope, the numbers, man. Of course, see, if you put Sevco into Twitter, you'll find out that actually we didn't pay the bill at our hotel. We were able to pay the bill, so they sent the message to the stadium to just cut the power because we were getting chipped out. And when the players got on the bus and went back, all their stuff was out in the front. Now, like when your missus throws you, all their stuff was just lobbed out of the front door, 
and that was it because we can't fight because obviously Sevco and Muskin and yeah. all that stuff. So that that's what that's what Sevco Twitter us. Like Twitter's coming up with. Of course, we know it's all this shit, but give them their moment. Give them their moment. Do you know what I mean? Um, Baz, yourself, obviously for this this uh, I suppose tour that turned into a bit of farce at the end. It's nice to see Rangers back. But it's nice to see Scottish football still reigns, didn't it? It's still, it's still the best football in the world. change. They always find a conspiracy theory or something more about. Do you know what I love about pre-season friendlies? Well, I, I don't love it, but it always catches me out. That this every single year, without fail, catches me out when the pre-season friendlies start and you get the team lineup. There's players you forgot about. Like Glenn Middleton was on the bench. You're like, fucking hell, Glenn Middleton. Do you know what I mean? I totally forgot about that guy. And then obviously, like Simpson, I didn't even know he was still there. You know, the, like these players that have been out on loan or they're away doing other things, and then obviously they come back at the summer and you totally forget about them. And you're no excited about it one bit. You're like, oh my God, Glenn Middleton. Oh, just Glenn Middleton. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I like, by the way, I like, no, that's unfair. I like Glenn Middleton. You know what I mean? But like Simpson would be a better example. You know, oh, fucking Simpson. I thought he was a way for good idea. No. Right. <laughs> and then no, I get caught up with that all the time. Paul, we have the whole thing about who was Ross Wilson picking up. We don't even know if it was this year. <laughs> My <laughs> God. My God. What was it? What was it? The, the tweet I see. I seen somebody, I can't remember who it was, but somebody tweeted something saying that Ross Wilson needs to go out and recruit a football player that looks like a fucking. Uh, like a prostitute or something to, so there's a cover story for him meeting a prostitute I can't remember it was, it was, it was something like that maybe it was a prostitute or a female an escort or a fucking cross dresser or something but somebody tweeted that he's now going to need to go out and uh, recruit a football player that looks the like a cross dresser let, let, because he's picking one up let's, let's <laughs> words to that effect let's be honest if Ross Wilson was at Glasgow Airport picking up a new signing he wouldn't be sitting in his car driver's seat doodle, checking his iPad for said new saying said, said new signing is opening the book and putting his own fucking cases in that's not going to happen really is it people get excited though Paul because there's nobody much uh, to get excited about uh, that's true. true and then do you know what I mean people see something like oh he's in the spa what's he, what's he buying in the spa and all that you know what I mean <laughs> why, why is Ross Wilson in the spa what was he buying? Tea cakes? How many? Six? <laughs> five signings coming in one that, family, five that, signings. That means, he's, that means he's got his guests coming. That's what that is. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> People love a wee story, don't they? they like to get that's excited. That. And we'll make it up. If we don't know what it is, we'll just make it up. There'll be a hundred versions of it anyway. And that's what's wrong with it. But, Paul, was there anything in the first half? Obviously, it was limited for what we've seen. I think we've seen maybe... Well, lucky we've seen... 20, 20, 18, 20 minutes so far. Tell <laughs> Premier Sports Day and Premier Sports Things. You know. Well, what a run by Scott Wright to finish it and win the cup for us. Do you know what I mean? That's what beautiful. I was saying. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. stunning, mate. Yeah, Ryan Jack's sight, clean as a whistle. But no, yeah. I think it was Dell that, that was talking to Gio, but just in the goalkeeping situation alone, he's not made up his mind. He's not given any assurances. <laughs> no. The both of them are fighting out for it. That's encouraging. That is genuinely yeah. encouraging because you don't want it to just be McGregor signed, he's in. Because that deflates McCrory. It deflates John McLaughlin. You know, you want it to be that there's competition for places. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, as you say, it's very important. Um, I actually, I thought McLaughlin would, would be number one this season. Um, but I don't, I, it, it just depends what's, what's in Gio's thoughts. And maybe he's, maybe he is keeping his cards close to his chest. We will name number one. I did see, we, we, we did miss a goal, but you said, Derek, it was a bit of a goalkeeping disaster. 
people were saying that uh, who were at the match were saying actually it looked like he was fouled by two Sunderland players. He couldn't get to the ball or something because he was fouled. Aye, he did. We did. It looked as if he wanted a foul. Um, I, I've not seen the replay of it to be honest. I just seen it in real time. But... <laughs> we have, we have we seen have it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> So, the, the TV came back on just as all the Sunderland players this were the ball's hitting the net, are you? No, I would I would like to see McLaughlin as not start as number one. I think he's earned I think he's earned it. Um and irrespective of what happened in that match there, pre-season, you don't take a great deal from pre-season, no matter what happens, because players are just trying to get up to speed. They know that that their eyes out, they're not that sort of stuff. Um but I think McLaughlin's a safer pair of hands with crosses going into our box. And that's, I think, last season that kind of done us, you know, with uh, McGregor really not coming to, to take high balls and crosses and stuff like that. In fact, one of my mates actually said to me, he actually calls um, uh, Alan McGregor Johnny Cash because all he does is walk the line. Um, <laughs> so that, that is a bit worrying. So I think McLaughlin's a safer pair of hands that way. McGregor's a bit of a short stopper, but you have, you have to stop the balls coming in that way. So we'll also Paul, there'll be groans this season if McLaughlin is number one. Right. And there's a shot right. goes by him that McGregor would probably save. There'll be people saying, right. oh, that's why McGregor should be playing. Well, I don't I think get... we're blessed to have two absolute top-draw goalkeepers that we can pick for. And also, mix and match we depending on competitions and stuff like that. Do you mm. know what I mean? So, I, 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 I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you at some point with the next couple of months, irrespective of who's in, who's who will be the start goalkeeper, we will sit down during one of our live pods, and we'll say McLaughlin would have saved up, or McGregor would have saved up. I can guarantee you we will. That's a certainty. It's a certainty. Going back to last week, Baz, with Tom Lawrence signing just after we actually put out our pod, I think it was on the Thursday, and with Tom Lawrence signing. Darby captain, which ticks the box as a leader for me, especially given they were in disarray last year with a 21 point deduction and all the financial troubles we've been there. We know what that's like. We know what that's like for the club trying to operate in those circumstances. I would say uh, Darby done a hell of a good job of it and gave a good fight yet um, and went down, but it wasn't through a lack of effort. Tom Lawrence, by all accounts, um, and they, I'll point them to on your Twitter. Steve Bloomerpod, it's a, a Darby podcast, um, Darby County podcast. He wrote a wee blog about it, about Tom Lawrence for us. I'd asked him to do that and he posted it. I, I kind of put it on your site as well if you've not read it. Go and read it. It's actually interesting. It's no biased in terms of Tom Lawrence is the greatest player in the world or Tom Lawrence is an absolute dud. It's very, very honest about what he's good at, what he's maybe not so good at, where he plays, where he could maybe fit in. Last year was his most fruitful season in terms of front of goal and he played a more kind of number 10, false nine type um, role. I think that's where Gio will see him. You know, no direct replacement for Aribo, but somebody who can contribute the way Aribo did, plus others being added as well. So, do you know anything about Tom Lawrence, Baz, or is it just a case of we wait and see? And we just go off what Derby fans have said, but we have a we wait and see and judge them for ourselves. Well, I wish I knew about that article and read it uh, before you asked me that question. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest, I'll be honest, I don't know a great deal about the goal because obviously I don't really watch Derby much. Uh, but what I understand is, does he play it on the left? Is that what he plays? I mean, I know there's a lot of pressure on uh, Ryan Kent. I mean, look, Ryan Kent is obviously that first time we can play on the left and the right-hand side, right? But I think there was a lot of pressure on him doing that left flank. So it's it's good that we've got an option or a backup for, for Ryan Kent doing the, the left side. And the fact that we're getting him on a free, it's a no-brainer as well. You know, he brings in a bit of experience. He's 28-year-old, so he's not a young boy. So it can only be a good thing. I think, I think um, 
for me, I think it is going to be a case of waiting and see how he beds into the team. He's not going to be one of these people who's going to walk into the team. So I think he's 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 going to be, you know, a, a backup player to to Kent or whatever. Obviously, you can you've got the rotation of rotating players in and out, but I don't really know a great deal about him. So for me, I think it might just be a case of a wait and see, unless of course, uh, you know, you you know more than me, but uh, I think that's where we're at. Dale, the thing that you've probably seen him a lot more than what we have, given you cover, you know, parts of English football as well. But Tom Lawrence, gone by, as I said, some of the Derby um, fans that I've spoke to, he is a bit of a maverick. He does come with a bit of baggage, as we know. Gaza came with baggage. If we if we were put half with baggage, we would never have signed Gaza. So no saying they're the same. Dale has juice. El has just that was Walter's <laughs> final farewell, wasn't it, to them? But I'm not saying he's the same bracket as Gaza, but he's somebody who could probably win a game on his own or get sent off within the first 10 minutes because somebody's kicked him and he's turned around and hooked him. But that, that's the whole point for Gio to manage that situation. Where I think he's going to fit in reading between the lines, and he's very much a Gio player, will be kind of floating in behind the striker and linking up between midfield and attack. I don't know if you agree with that, mate, or if you if you you maybe know a wee bit more, obviously, given the fact that you've seen him a few times. Uh, he scored two belters at the two games I've I, I seen him. Um, I was impressed by him. Um, and on a freebie, I think it's a, it's a no-brainer. Uh, the manager, Van Bronckers, did say he's, he, he's a leader. That's what attracted him to him. The fact he scores goals from midfield uh, and, and his assist numbers are good as well. He said that that's it. That's where Rangers sort of fell down last season in, in the league, wasn't it? Where they never scored enough. And not just your front man and the sort of supporting cast, the wingers and the, the midfielders never contributed enough. So um, the players that they've signed uh, scored a, a number of goals last season, Cholak, uh, Lawrence and uh, Matondo. So that's encouraging. Um, Scottish football, of course, is completely different to any other league in the planet. So whether they can do that uh, in, in our division remains to be seen. But on a, on a free transfer, I think it's a, a brilliant bit of business Um I'm excited to see how the likes of him teaming up with like Lundstrom and Ryan Jack if if, if he's fit as well. That's a that's a strong midfield. Um, yeah. And like you say, he can play a number of positions, play a number ten or as a number eight or whatever. But um, and he's he's not the biggest, but he he, he can uh, look after himself. And as, as long as he uh, keeps himself on the, the right side of the law, then I think he's going to be a, a cracking player. And I'm sure he'll be one that the Rangers fans will love seeing. Then what's his natural position? It's sort of, I've seen him play centrally, but on the left-hand side as well, like you say, in terms of Kent, I wouldn't say he's a, he's, he's a wide man as such, but right, all right. Um, sort of attacking midfielder. Um, but he can play across the across of, of sort of three positions up front. But uh, I would like him more centrally, really, in, in running um, in that sort of, sort of like the Rebo position, house playing as a number 10. Yep, that's yeah. what I think. That's where I think Mayo's slot in. And I'm not saying yeah. that says director Price because sometimes Aribo was totally unplayable with the ball at his feet. It was stuck to him, right? And I'm not saying Lawrence is going to come in and it's going to be like, oh, fuck, there's Aribo playing now again for it's just a different jersey. But it's, it's he's just got that potential to be in there, I feel, and linking up with Alfredo, linking up with, with Cholak and obviously the two wingers. Also, if you've got Lundstrom driving forward at times, if you've got Jack driving forward at times, You've got somebody there as well who can step back, you know, and, and cover that position as well. Like you have said, I think it's a no-brainer. I was all for it. In fact, 
the week before he signed there, remember I brought his name up because it was a rumour and you'd say that'd be why I had before. I said, I had before that, I know. And then the following week, he did sign him. So I know Ross Wilson watches the show and thanks for taking my advice on that. <laughs> but, but at the same time, it's it's nice that they're adding in players, as you said, Del. I'll put this to Paul, but as you said, Del, with the, with the goals. Last year, when Alfredo left the team, we struggled big time. We really did. But it was it was reliant on Aribo, you know. Then it showed up that Kent was not having his greatest season because Kenty would usually chip in with a few goals, but he didn't. So the fact that we can spread that load and no relies heavily on uh, Alfredo Morelos is only positive for for the club. Even even Morelos, isn't he? I mean, he's not going to score you twenty goals a season in the league. That's where you're looking maybe Cholak to deliver in that front. But you need all the players chipping in. That's why. Not enough goals were scored last season, so it's something that the manager said that he doesn't want another situation where he has to play a rebo up front when he's got no strikers. Um, no, I mean, it, is, it was an amazing achievement get to that Europa League final, but you just, if you had Roof or Marais up there, right. you'd have fancy as um, winning that, you know what I mean? So it was right. sort of hamstring a wee bit. So um, it's good. He's obviously identified these players to. to it's a key area of the pitch that Rangers struggled last season. I think they still need to add another striker, I would say. Um, See, the thing about Morelos, though, Del, um, um, he was such a focal point in terms of, you know, the defence, the, the opposition putting their, putting their resources on him, that it allowed other players like Kent to get involved. Yeah. When, when, you don't, when you don't have Morelos in there, then the opposition know that these players are going to need to step up and be made offensive. So they, they, can, they can put their resources on these players. Whereas when you've got Alfredo Morelos in there, because he hasn't seen he's such a focal point, it allows other players to get involved. And yeah. he was such a good distributor of the ball as well that he could right. find these players. And I, I think when, when he was out, we, we didn't just lack the fact that he bullies centre-backs. We, we missed his distribution uh, as well. But it was a, a massive loss for us. And like you said, you're yeah. expecting these players to step up. And, and uh, when you know when we put a Rebo up front, I, th- I felt that Although it probably was the best option, I felt it was almost a wee bit of a slap in the face to for people who were supposed to be maybe were centre forwards in terms of Sidri Keaton or uh, Fashion Sakala who were sitting on the bench when we've got a midfielder. It doesn't really say a lot about the confidence that we've got in these strikers when we're. Do you know what I mean when we're putting our midfielder up front? That was that was yeah. just something I was thinking about. But. Yeah. No, I agree. Hatton wasn't good enough at the end of the day, was it? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Aye, Sakala. Uh, jury's out. I think uh, his ball distribution and his hold up plays poor. Played him up front, mind the Braga game away, and he was um, he didn't have the best of games, and he struggled that when they brought him on that Europa League final. Although they've kept him on, I wouldn't have taken him off for for Ramsey to hit that penalty. But the main thing he's seen. <laughs> don't mate, don't do it. <laughs> Too soon, mate. Too soon. PTSD. <laughs> I'm going to say that if somebody comes in for Fashion Sakala between now and the end of the window, he'll not be an English player. I'll be sad to see that. I mean, everybody loves him. Uh, he's mm-hmm. a fan's favourite, isn't it? I love that wee, that wee video of him with the fans the other night there as well. Oh, it's good. I, I, I want, everyone wants him to do well, and his numbers are pretty decent for the game time he has, but he's just that fr- a frustrating uh, figure that you can't really rely on him as such. He's a bit of a sort of joker in the park, isn't he? When you bring him on, it's just uh, chaos, and uh, you just hope <laughs> that he does something good. Like Parkhead is... <laughs> He was obviously brilliant when he came on. Sublime, aye, sublime. But, uh, but it, it's the last of the Gerard thing where the, the, the who we were signing was kind of gone down that way, wasn't it? We started with great good quality under Gerard, 
and then it seemed to me that the club got a wee bit comfy or, or, or jealous, get complacent, whatever it was, we'll never know. Obviously, he's left the club now, so I would say the club maybe get a wee bit complacent and comfy, and it just started going like that. And I think he's typical of that reason, probably why Gerard isn't the manager anymore, because that's the standard of player he was been allowed to bring in. But on, on a freebie, it was a, a great bit of business. That oh, really one, yeah. Once he leaves Ibrox, they'll get an amount of money for him. I still think he's useful to have have around, but I don't think you can't be your main man up front. You, you no, need to, that's why Trollac's been signed, obviously. And then yeah. uh, Morelos, hopefully, his days will be the once, once he gets back fit, he'll be the, the number one striker, obviously. Well, Paul, just on the law, finally on the Lawrence signing before we move on, he, he comes into the team given, as I said, his most fruitful season last year in terms of goals and, and assists and whatever. The thing is, he seemed to thrive with the pressure on him and being captain. Mm. He's coming into the Rangers team. You don't need the armband to feel the pressure. He's got, you know, I, th- I hope, I don't think, I hope that he realises the pressure cooker that he's in, realise that he could be an absolute hero to our supporters if he knuckles down, does what he's good at, contributes positively by staying on the park, assists, goals, and fires us to the title. You, you go into that sort of mad status amongst Rangers fans where you're just an absolute god. Do you know what I mean? He has the potential to be, to become this hero. Obviously, it's all at his feet. It's all at his feet, and he has to do it. Will that pressure, do you think, just like last year, the pressure in the Derby situation, and he stood up, do we think coming into a new team, the World Cup's coming up as well, he has to make the squad. That pressure could, you know, Get the best of you. Yeah, you're right. It's going to go either way. Um, yeah. The difference with the Derby thing was he was a captain. He was guaranteed game time. And he'd been there for a few years. So he was settled there. Do you know what I mean? He knew the club. He knew the players. He knew everybody else around about him. He's coming to a new a new, a new club, new staff. new envi- everything's, everything's, everything's brand new. A new environment, new style of play, um, your position, new girls, all that sort of stuff. But you're right. Um, he, he seems to thrive under pressure, as as, as proved last season. He'll have the, the carrot being dangled in front of him um, of a World Cup with Wales as well. He'll be out to impress, and I, I sincerely hope he does. I've I, I done the usual sort of thing. I watched the, the YouTube reel of his goals and stuff. I think he scored 36 in 180 games for that derby. Um, he's not afraid to take a shot outside the box, and that's... and. We've been crying out for years for that. If we always say, somebody just take a fucking shot. Stop trying to walk it into the net. Have a pen. He's good with free kicks. He's very confident. He's, and he's, he's good uh, with his right and his left foot. But at Lundstrom, and I saw him score a couple of headers as well. He's quite brave that way. Um, and it's not they're not just sort of little, little nods in. They're powerfully directed things. So I think we've got a bit of a talent in our hands here. Um, I'd never heard of him um, until he was mentioned. Until you mentioned it on the first show, and I thought it was alright. I'd look at him. I thought, well, oh, he'd be a good, he'd be a good acquisition. And then we finally signed him, and I started to learn a bit more about him. I thought, yeah, I think this this boy could be a real, real talent. And I can guarantee you, he'll have spoken to Aaron Ramsey to gauge what the club would be like. And, the, and I, no matter what happened with Aaron Ramsey, what happened in the final, which we're not going to talk about, um, I can guarantee you, given an absolute glowing report, because he did seem to enjoy himself up here. Um, so yeah, he did I'm, speak to Ramsey, mate. He did speak to Ramsey, I and did, I was privy yeah. to the conversation. Oh, Ramsey right. says to him, "Advice was just don't miss a fucking penalty." Really? Oh, okay. So if he sticks to the, if he sticks to that, we'll be all right. Sweet. <laughs> we'll be all right. Stick to that. You stick to that, you'll be fine. No, you'll be all right. Yeah. It can't be any simpler. It really can't be any simpler. Mate. 
put it in the net. That's all I ask. And if you do that, you, it'll, be, it'll be a breeze. You'll be all right. You'll be fine. Obviously, they've announced, the club have announced the signing of Robbie Matondo. Welsh, again, seem to favour the Welsh market at the moment. <laughs> but he does, in all seriousness, obviously, Robbie Matondo comes to Schalke. He's moved for a lot of money in terms of, you know, an early league from 11 million before. Um, he has bags of potential, just hasn't realised it yet. If you look mm. at the reports, he is an absolute flying machine. Again, another exciting signing. I don't want to put too much on it when you think <laughs> this is the kid that's going to just come in, steamroll everybody, win as a title, and that's it. Game over, and he'll be a hero, he'll be a legend. But he has that potential. <laughs> he has that potential, and that's the that's the scary thing, you know. That I know club are the most patient, our fans are the most patient, and we're also know the most understanding. And players maybe take time to settle. So, Paul, do we know anything about Rabbi Matondo apart from Scott, just the clips? Scott, see before you go any further, mate. Yes. If you if you done that on purpose with the scarf behind your head, because it goes up right around your head, uh, see the scarf behind you, mate? It's like a wee fucking... It's like yeah, a crown or something, purpose, mate. Evidence purpose, mate. And I've got Mark Haley signed... I see that there. Spain. It's just sitting above your head like one of these big giant hat things, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's not a magic cat. <laughs> it's, it's sitting perfectly. It's not a magic cat, but it's sitting perfectly above You've moved out a wee bit now. But a minute ago, it's bang on. Geo Geo looks a wee bit like Gerard when he was unveiled, but he's no that is actually Geo. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Gerard with a Geo face, but one of my like Anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Paul. No, no. Rabbi Matondo, mate. We don't know much, but what is your yeah. early thoughts? Well, once again, um, I don't know if you've sort of uh, looking at uh, the goals and assists and uh, sort of uh, use that stuff in YouTube, trying to engage what he's like. As you say, um, he is a bit of a flying machine. Uh, I did read a stat that he actually, uh, over 20 metres, he, he clocked 2.62 seconds sprinting over from, from standing to going 20 metres. Two point, and that's actually quicker than Usain Bolt's time. Yes, ah, quicker I can, than... I can't do that anymore, mate. It was years ago that I managed that. Guys, guys, Usain Bolt won the Olympic gold medal and he was 2.87 over the same distance. That's how quick this boy go. is. That's that how, a that's, sport then. That's how quick this boy is. Now it's all right if you can run with the ball. If you can run, but what's what, what do you do with the ball at your feet? That's the most important mm. thing. And can somebody string a pass to him when he starts aye. moving. Because <laughs> exactly. if you're too if aye. you're too fast, you're outside every side. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that diagonal ball fake. Connor Goldson, he said, "Bang on." That's to be on point, man. Right, right footed, uh, right winger. Uh, but he actually prefers on the left. From what I've seen and I've read as well, he, he's a bit like Ryan Kent. First of it, although he's right footed, first of it on the left, and he cuts in, and he's he's not he's, he's not shy about taking a taking a shot on target either. Um, in fact, he's when he gets into those positions, he will nine times out of ten go for goal rather than go for the cross. That may have to be coached out of him because some of the some of the stuff I've seen him take shots like, what are you doing there? There's three guys in front of you and they're ricocheting off him. But it's his skill leading up to that they're showing on the internet. And it's but he's tricky as fuck and he's super quick and he is really good with the ball at his feet. I think he's an exciting prospect. It's he just as I say the potential's there. That's why Schalke paid eleven million pounds for them a couple of years back, back in two twenty nineteen I think it was. I, obviously, Schalke have got their own issues, so that's why they've had to let the, the boy go. And that he's in the final of his contract, that's why he's so, he's, he's, his prices come down quite a bit. Um, not, meant, not not much game time. He was with uh, Circle Bruges last year. Um, I think he scored uh, nine goals in twenty six games. So he, he he knows the way to goal. And he's he's starting to get some games under his belt. It's just the how he 
how he's coached and how, how, how Gio can get the best out of him, as far as I can see. No, I know Odell's a professional and he's done every bit of skipping yep. work he can on this guy and he's going to give us the full rundown from top to bottom on Ravi Matondo. So, Del, it's over to you. Bifter, full bifter. Listen, uh, my 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 Rangers review colleague has done the scouting uh, piece of him. Uh, so head over to the website, folks. Yeah. So you can read that. Jo- Josh Joshua Barry's done an in-depth piece on him. Um, I, I, he that says uh, expertise, but by all accounts, he's decent, and I just agree with everything, everything that Paul said. <laughs> <laughs> that's dangerous what, usually what, what a, what a comfort. yeah yeah I, I made most of that up Did that, yeah. but do you know, do you know the thing I love about this podcast though the thing is we're honest about it we're like I had a look at him I didn't know much about him and I've went and done some research see other football podcasts right they act as if they've known them their whole life and all that and it's like yeah I was I was watching Robert Matundo since he was about six <laughs> year old and uh, the last time I was watching the German football I'm like listen mate you've never watched a fucking game of German football in your life alright like, oh, yeah I was I, I, I seen him play he was playing for Welsh under 19 you can't point to fucking wheels in the map mate stop talking like shit. you looked at YouTube the same as the rest of his, so stop telling me <laughs> at least we're honest about it at least we say like, I don't know much about him We've done a bit of research, and here's what I found out. Whereas these other podcasts, well, yeah, yeah, I've been watching this kid since he was about six years old when I go down and watch the under the under eights Welsh team. I really fucking did this. Vazzy's ranch should be behind the paywall. <laughs> fucking <laughs> see what you were saying there, though. Um, regarding he's a sorry, was it was it Paul or uh, Delicate or Scott? Fuck, it was definitely was the mate said it, but um. He's a right winger, but he likes to play in the left. Aye. That's a good thing. See if you've got two wingers. Like, uh, obviously, Ryan Kent plays in the left, but he can switch to the right. See if you've got two players that are versatile enough to switch it up. You know what I mean? That, that's obviously a good thing. You know they can switch it up during the game, keep the keep the opposition guessing. So that, that's obviously a good thing. And we've we've not really had a proper right winger since Daniel Kandias. Do you know what I mean? Like that was, it's not really mean? been... That's true. So it's exciting to see that we've... Don't get me wrong, by the way, I like Scott Wright. I really do like him as a human being and as a, and as a person. I think he tries his best every single game. He's at 100%. I think he's getting better. He's, he's got a lot bigger. Uh, I think he's definitely getting better than what he is when he comes when he came in. So you can argue maybe he's trying too hard. I don't know. But I just think maybe some things he's just lacking that total CB bit of quality. But it's good to see, uh, you know, maybe we're getting the right way around. But Paul, were you saying uh, your man Rabbi Matundo is no the biggest fan of putting the ball in the boat so he'd rather shoot and stuff like that? Right. See, Baz, this is what concerns me because we've just signed a big, bastard, handsome Croatian, right, who can heed a ball. We love right, a Croatian. I'm, oh, I love a Croatian, right? Now, oh, I'm we love saying, a fucking Croatian. <laughs> I'm, not saying, I'm not saying we should always get down the outside and put balls into the boats, but if you're going to cut inside all the time and shoot, that big boy's in there to be hit at times. Fucking good on the outside and get the ball into him and get his heat on it, man. Do you know one of my biggest one of my biggest uh, complaints over the past couple of seasons was sometimes I feel we're looking for the perfect goal. You know, right. maybe we were trying to walk. Certainly under Stephen Gerrard, it wasn't so bad under uh, under Gio, but certainly under uh, Stephen Gerrard, it was almost as if we're trying to walk the ball into the net. And it's like, take a fucking dig. You never know. It could take a deflection or land at somebody's feet. So... I think sometimes maybe we were missing that uh, somebody that was just willing to take a dig. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, As I say, well, it wasn't really as bad under Gio. I think under Gio, Vanny Van Bronckhurst, maybe the, the players were given a wee bit more 
uh, freedom to take, if, you know, if you get a chance to take a dig, because you never know what's going to happen. But if somebody's got an eye for goal, then I'm, you know, I'm all for uh, that. Well, if Ryan Jack doesn't hit the shot, we don't get the goal in the cup final, and then the rest of the game's kind of easy on for there, because mm. we get the setting pretty quickly after it, and the game's done. So, and it gave us all a boost, because you imagine coming into mm. this season, imagine Gio coming into this season having no one that cup, and no one in the Europa League. I know we weren't expected to win the Europa League, but when you get to the final, it's to win, you know, and the way we lost it is the most fucking horrible way to lose a game of football ever, you know, and we were one kick, one kick was all it took. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So, me. to come into this season with having no one in would have been a fucking disaster. Wow. So, you know, that, that at least gave us that. And as you say, Baz, if you don't take a shot, if you don't buy a ticket, you don't win the fucking lottery. So, well, I said, mate, you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Correct. Correct. And that's, the only person. That is, that is top drawer analogy, that. I like that. <laughs> I like that. 96% that's, of that's the time. That's why you're tuning in. That's why you're tuning in. And the only person that never misses is the person that never shoots. Correct. Correct. That's all I've got they too. That's Ali, Ali used to take fucking eight shots and miss seven, but get that one. That was all it took. Aye. You know, and nine times out of ten was enough to get three points and win a cup or whatever. Um, looking ahead to Saturday, as Del said at the start of the show, hopefully we have the, the floodlight situation sorted at Bloomfield Road and we'll be able to get a full game of football. Hopefully we'll be able to see it. I'm just so glad I didn't pay for Premier Sports. What I mean, because I've been right past that. But um, we got to Blackpool on Saturday again. Pre season, it's not you can't look too much into it, as Paul said. Um, what are we expecting, Dale? What, what, what crowd wise, do we know what crowd wise we're expecting? There'll be a large traveling support, surely. God, there will, there will be, yeah. Um, maybe touching on what 20,000 or something at the game, I'd imagine. Um, something like that, something round about there. It's easy to get to. I mean, this is the game, this is the friendly like, we were supposed to be played last season, remember. Yeah. Uh, I get cancelled, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's only a, a, just under an hour's drive for me, so it's uh, ideal for me. Um, good. A good, Blackpool's a, a good way to be out in it. But um, in terms of the team, I think it be interesting to see what Gio does. Um, I think we'd have made a load of changes in that second half of the game. McCrory, De, uh, Devine, Kamara, I think, and Sakala were coming on at halftime. Uh, so I wonder if, if he'll maybe start the second half team in the first half of the Blackpool game. Uh, yeah. Who knows? And the likes of John Souter and Ryan Jack said that they should be back training with the, the first team this week, so they might get a, a bit of game time on Saturday as well. But um, again, you shouldn't read too much into results and all that. It's all about getting players up to speed, isn't it, for the start of the season. So um, I think it'll be a decent run out. Um, looking forward to it, but... Um, again, it was funny that the game on Saturday at halftime, there was a there was a fan in front of me and he was shouting, "It's an embarrassment!" And he shouldn't, you're no fit to wear the jersey and all that. And a boy came over, says, "Yeah, it's calm down, mate. It's pre-season, it's the first game." And all, but he says, "I expect more for these boys and Rangers." And like Jesus, so hopefully, guys don't uh, go over the top with the with the result, whatever the result is. It's all about. Um, it's just all. It's a fitness exercise at the end of the day, and working on. Uh, formations and what have you and just mm. getting players back up to speed so um that's what it's all about i, lo- I love these i love these guys that wear the, the five xl shirts and go you so fucking face wearing that shirt oh see end the day mate. see if we could be having a pre-season game i don't give a fuck see as long as when we rock up to the tony macaroni fucking whatever stadium it's called yeah. nowadays 
we put three past Livingston and won the game. That's the next <laughs> most important game for us. They're ever getting to Champions League football. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Even like, I mean, my night just went and pumped Liverpool there, but it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> no, no. You can guarantee come the Premier League, Liverpool will return the favour. When it really matters. So, but yeah. nah, I've not. Are we looking forward then, Paul? We've seen maybe guys like Tom Lawrence involved, get guys like um, Matondo involved, get a first look at them, see what they're like, bedded into the team, etc. No. That's a fucking silly question. Of course we are. Hey, Walter, for fuck's sake. You're you know you're talking about preseason friend leagues and all that. You know our, our good friend, a very good friend, uh, Bilal Mojni. Yeah, was, yeah. It, was it actually, was it Derby actually? Yeah, I think about it. That he fucking stuck the nut in the guy and get sent after it in 10 minutes playing a, yes. playing a friendly. Was it, was it, was it Derby? Yeah. I was it Derby? Right. <laughs> he fucking stuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, settle down, man. Settle fucking. He's Is been he listening not? to that guy. He's been listening to that guy. De- that guy Dale's talking about you, more to wear the shirt. He was at that game and Bill Morris is like, fuck's sake, I better, I better uh, get my act together here. Boom! That's the thing, it's just, uh, as Dale says, it's, it's all about getting your, your, your match, your match fitness and practicing, you know yeah. what I mean? Getting your, getting your eye in for the season ahead. That's, a, that's what most of was doing. It's metal. It's like, you know, you've, you've got fans that take things so seriously, but you've also got players that take things every single game, even if it's a kickabout. It was um, the Fernando Rickson, Fernando Rickson game at Ibrooks and Gattuso was playing like he was playing in a cup <laughs> final. And he's, I can't mind the player, but he snapped the guy. He jumped up in the air about, I reckon, 12 feet high, right? <laughs> Floated through the air. I'm, I'm guessing between 15 and 20 feet, right? Because I, I was sitting in the governor's rear, so it's hard to, to, to judge. Between 15 and 20 feet, Started coming down, as he started coming down, he tucked his two legs in like this, made himself dead wee, and then just as he got to the guy's knees, went boom, and just took the guy out of the game, man. <laughs> boom. The guy done about 15 flips. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and like, That's a charity again. <laughs> the, whole, the, whole, the whole stadium and everybody's like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> fucking charity game, man. Speaking and he gets up and walks away. And then he's like, the ref, what? What is it? What? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, what's the problem? Speaking of charity games, did anyone see the Masters? No, no. Oh, see that old firm game? That's what it's all about. That, see that? That's. I was sitting going, you know, Stella and Petro brought down Barry Ferguson, right? Ferguson should have had it about half an hour before he got to him. But he came in the back of him. I'm jumping off half a couch. Oh, for fuck's sake, what are you doing? You know, do you know what I mean? And I'm going. Fucking masters, fuck my Scott Camden. Fucking Camden, sir. But again, because the players were playing it in that manner, it was feeding back. You know, it's feeding back to the crowd in this in the arena. You can feel it. And then us sitting at home, and I'm going, yeah, fucking get into him. And then we scored to make it two each, and I'm jumping up, yeah. And I'm thinking, fucking masters, fuck my mate, Dane. Do you know what I mean? But it's just as you're saying, but it's, it is that sort of football you can't beat because no matter where Celtic Rangers are playing, Tiddlywinks give a football on a Saturday in the Premier League. Oh, the old guys for yesterday you're doing it. You want to win, and there's mm. nothing more important than beating them every time you go uh, against them. And I, I, do, I love that. So it makes the, the rivalry unique, isn't it? So there's no other. See, the thing you're talking about, your, the masters and all that. Though, see if you look at the older generation of football player, they only played one way, and it's the only way they know how to play. 
you know what I mean? So this time, if they're playing in a Scottish Cup final or playing in the Masters or having a kick about, they're out to put somebody up in the air. Do you know what I mean? And it, it, it's pleasing to see as us as punters sit there. Like, uh, totally. I like that. Totally. Chris Boyd scored and he's keen all that to the Rangers fans like he went there on a Saturday playing for us all the years ago and <laughs> Kenny Miller shouting at the ref like he did every week. Barry Ferguson. Mm. That's the way it should be. That's normality. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. brilliant. Brilliant to watch and I can't wait to get it again next year because we'll pump Liverpool and take our trophy back because we held that trophy since 2011. Granted, we didn't play any games in it, but we held that trophy since 2011. <laughs> so it's our mission to get that back. Um, but look, no, Blackpool, anybody else want to touch in, in for Blackpool? What they we expect for Blackpool event like that? No, I, I don't know much about them. Did they, 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 they league one? Did they league one these days? Uh, championship. Championship. Oh, then a championship. Neil went to uh, Aston Villa. Team up with Gerard. Um, he replaced Bill, didn't he? When Bill went to QPR, yeah. didn't he? Right. I'm not so sure who they get in. Uh, I'm not sure mean. who's a manager for now. It is the Ryan Dunbar um, charity match, basically, because Ryan's a regular doing it at Blackpool because he likes Blackpool, mm-hmm. and obviously he's a season ticket driver, so. It's Ryan Dunbar's dream challenge match. In fact, I think he should be the ones who's taking the teams out on Saturday. To be mm. way. So, Blackpool, if you're watching, get Ryan to be going out with the teams because Aye. it's very, very fitting. It sounds like it's going to be a good, it's good fun. I know there's loads of people going down there. So, safe travels to everybody that's going down there. It sounds like it's going to be a right good weekend. So, I got yes. to them, we're not going to be there, but I uh, hope everybody that's gone has a fantastic time. Yes, I would echo those thoughts. After that, we turn our attention to West Ham. Um, next Tuesday night, I think it is, and also Champions League qualifier. Yeah, qualifier. The, the draws coming next next Monday, isn't it? So we'll find out by this time next week. We'll know how we're playing. We were looking at it before we came on. Monaco in the hat for us, as well as Mitchelland, who will beat. No, he say it guarantees it, but Mitchelland, Stone Graz, and Union SG. Now, Paul, I would imagine. That we want to avoid Monaco. However, if we draw Monaco, I don't think we should be scared. You know, we beat Borussia Dortmund last year. We we're capable of beating teams like that. But if you were given a choice, I think you would rather avoid them at this stage, given how early yeah. on it is. Yeah, I think I think the ones you really want are the Belgian team, Union um, SG. So, um, yeah, you don't really want to get Monaco just now. I, I, I leave them for the quarter final. Well, yeah, well, no, no, matter, no matter who we draw, I, I think we've got a chance of going through. Um, we've said before, uh, pre pre European games that no team is going to fancy facing us, especially at Ibrox. I mean, look, look at last season, I mean, that's just absolutely mind blowing. And so, any team that draws us, they're going to that's going to be in, their, in the back of their mind. Look at the atmosphere, look at the crowd. You know, this team, this is a good team. We, 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 didn't, we didn't fluke it. Yeah. Bear in mind, we didn't have a striker for the last few games. Right. So, yeah, it's, it, I think Monaco would be the toughest of the lot, then push Dumgratz and then Union. But, um, but it's, it's no cliche, there's no mugs at this level, and there's not. So I think you have to give everybody the, the utmost respect and um, do, do, do due diligence on them uh, from GO and his staff. And then hopefully when the boys cross the white line, um, matters will take care of themselves. Del, looking at that that draw there, is there anything you would disagree with what Paul says? Uh, Monaco spent a bit of money, haven't they? So uh, you want to avoid them. I think they might be difficult. Um, I'd, I'd be confident taking on anybody, to be fair, I think. Uh, Michelin are a decent side. The other thing is, uh, you know, with Scandinavian teams, they're already 
well into their season by the time we mm. play them, so they'll be dangerous. And um, knocked, knocked out a certain team last year, didn't they? Exactly. So I think uh, every game's going to be difficult. It's the Champions League. We know last season when they drew, um, when Malmo get brought out of the hat, you're thinking that's a good, decent draw, isn't it? And then you get pumped out by them. So uh, every game is going to be difficult, but it's the team got to the Europa League final, so you've got to hope that they've got the belief that they can do the business this year and get any of the, the Champions League group stages. But is, is the difference this year, mate, or, or, or difference certainly under Geo? is that Geo seems to be tactically astute in these games that he can change his system within a game and it actually works. You know, it's not like anything that's making us weaker at a point to the Borussia Dortmund game last year as we were getting to half-time. They were probably on top, makes the change at half-time and goes three centre-halves, two wing-backs gets control of the game back for us. We score again and the tie is completely in our hands at that point and we see it out. Gio seems to be able to do that more than Gerard. Probably more comes from your experience, obviously. He's coached before, he's managed before. But I think that's where I take comfort going into this sort of environment now rather than where I did last year under Gerard. It was basically last year under Gerard, it was just basically we've never lost a qualifier under Gerard, so we're very confident. But in that same respect, we get we get stung. Do you know what? It's, it's obviously both both uh, managers are pretty uh, done pretty well under you know the name respects and all that. But I, I know what you're saying in terms of Giovanni Van Bronckhorst isn't. I'm not saying that Gerard was by the way, but Giovanni Van Bronckhorst isn't scared to change tactics or try something else if it's not working. What Gerard was doing was obviously working, and he, I'm not saying he was one dimensional, but he had a plan and he liked to stick to it. No, it's dead easy for us to sit here and say he should have done this and should have done that after the game. You know what I mean? Because everybody's the best manager in the world after the game. Um, if it works at the time, then they say shit. Giovanni mm-hmm. Van Bronckers is, is he's got that ability and he's got the experience like you mentioned a second ago that he can watch a game and see maybe if, if something is working and take the take the chance to change it up. No, it's a massive risk because obviously if he changes something and it doesn't work, then you know, everybody's going to be on the case. Why the fuck did you change it or whatever? He changed it too soon. And that's what I mean. Everybody's a good manager after the 90 minutes is finished. But they're not sitting there. But it's pleasing to see, and it, and, and it does work, or it has worked up to this point, where if something isn't working, he's, he's got the balls to at least try something different. And we've got the options, though, because you can't just change you can't just change something unless you've got the option to do it, unless you've got the, you know, the bench or a player that can maybe make something different substitutions or whatever, that somebody's going to add something different to the game. Uh, <clears throat> well, I, remember, I can't mind what the game is, but there's been a few occasions that people have been brought on and you're like, what the fuck did they bring him on for? And then that, that player's went and done something that's totally changed the game. And then you're like, all right, that makes sense now. So I, Giovanni Van Bronckers has certainly got the balls and the, the ability and the experience to, to go out and make the changes when, when I think they're, they're needed. Whereas Gerard might have been quite happy sitting with his system and, you know, right, we're going to stick with this. But the both managers were obviously very successful in their own respects. So it's hard to, you can't really compare it. Paul, I'd, I'd probably point to, I think, that Gio's substitutions have made an impact. And by the way, I was Stephen Gerrard, absolute fanatic, as you as well know. We all were. But I think you look at history with Gio in the last year, or obviously he's not been there a year yet, but, you know, Sakala in the cup, the cup semi-final against them, comes on makes a difference, right? Arfield comes on makes a difference that game as well. You look at Scott Wright in the cup final. You know, the, the, the substitutions that Gio has made that I feel have positive, positively impacted the game. Now, 
know the first time though I've been sitting there going, why the fuck is he bringing him on? This is just this is suicide, man. What is he doing? And then they pop up with the winner. They pop up with the goal that gets equaliser. Whatever it might be, it seems to be his subs have an impact, and, and, and that for me is something that I feel we've we've lacked for a while at Ibrox. He's made he's made the big calls with substitutes, which hadn't been done before. Um, I, I know that he did he did go through a little phase of not actually using a substitute in a couple of matches, and I think we were actually quite critical of that, saying he's going to burn the players out if he, if he doesn't start making substitutions. Obviously, he didn't have trust and faith and belief in the, in the players at that particular point. I think he was only a month or two into the tenure. Um, but no, I think he's now he's, he's instilled a, a sense of belief within the players. He said, look, you're on the bench, but we're going to bring you on, you're going to play a certain way. Um, and that, and that, that's how it will work. Um, but he's not afraid to make the big calls, as you say, changing formations. Taking players off, you wouldn't expect to come off and putting somebody else on, you know, like like Sakal or like Scotty Wright, and it has it generally it has worked, and it's been it's kind of pleasing to see that because we have been a bit staid and a bit too rigid in the past. Um, we could guess what was going to happen, mate. On yeah, six minutes of it. and again, six, six, I'm not six, six, No, but, aye, but we, we could guess. Oh, he's got to come after him, and it was yeah. the same every week. If we can guess it, and we're no football managers. Chances are there's somebody who's any you know half decent at all has got to be able to understand that as well and and plan for that. So yeah. I think Gio sometimes doing things like Brad's mentioned Scott Wright. I had a conversation with Scott Wright Saturday night during the game that I believe Scott Wright's got all the potential and ability in the world. It's just as as Brad's quite rightly pointed out, getting that final third, that final pass, that final strike. You know, I feel as though the three or four Sunderland get, uh, players he beat on Saturday night had he released the ball that wee fraction earlier to Kent, I think it was on the left hand side. What a move it is, you probably get a yeah. chance with it. But yeah. it go. He held on it just that wee bit too long. He gets the ball taken off him. It's all right, it's pre-season. But if he adds that to his game, Scott Rice is a contender. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Whether people might not like him, but he's got bags, he, he, he pace, he's got skill, he's got trickery, he's got an eye for goal. He's finished the cup final with Sublime. You know, it, it, it's, but I think, again, Gio's coaching will probably bring guys like that on. Yeah. The more time they spend on the training ground with him, We'll bring that on, and that's yeah. that's the beauty. Del, see, as Paul says about you know, St. George, the game he was a lengthy where they didn't change the formation or the team at all during the 90 minutes, and it was horrendous to watch. I was talking to Morris Ross recently, which people can catch up on their YouTube channel or on anywhere where you get your pods in audio format. Morris Ross says, How many times you get shouted at last season? Change it, make a sub, make a sub. And he says, I look behind me at my bench. He says, If I'm making a sub, I'm weakening my team. That night, maybe Gio felt the conditions, the pitch was heavy. If he made that change, he's weakening his side. He's only one up. It was basically see it out, get the victory and get down the road. That's the sort of side we don't see as fans. We just think, just make that sub, just put somebody else on. But the minutes, the load on the legs, the training that week, the formation, the instructions, it all leads into it that we don't see. And I think that's where Gio is actually doing a good job and and actually has earned the trust in the majority of the supporters. Hi. You're right, that game was absolutely brutal. The, the no subs game. I mean, Arfield looked dead in his feet. I mean, and you're thinking, just take somebody off, man, just for and I think there's I think the players, I think a number of them when they were on the park were, were looking over at the bench, probably thinking, Here, I've ran my race here. But <laughs> he, he got the result. If if it, if it, St. Johnson the St. Johnson were brutal, let's let's be honest. They were a, uh they're not good whatsoever. But if they'd got a goal or whatever, then He'd have get uh, get a lot of stick for that, but um, 
Yeah, so, yeah, you're right. Everyone's Sir Alex Ferguson, isn't there? When, when you're watching the game, and Tio's the man who makes decisions. He'll, he'll live and die by them. And uh, more often than not, he's been getting them right. So it sort of gives you belief and confidence that going into this season coming up, obviously a pre-season with his own players, starting to mould his own team, um, that he will get it right this season. So I'm interested to find out how he gets on. Domestically, it has to be better. You need to win the league, of course. That's the bread and butter. But even in Europe as well, you've got confidence going into these Champions League qualifiers where he has that in him where he can see things that he can change in-game. I mean, the Dortmund game at halftime, the Rangers were getting absolutely battered and then... He brings Balligan off and then it just nullified Dortmund altogether and Rangers went on and uh, should have won that game actually. The, the VAR call should have shouldn't have ruled out uh, was it Kent scored or Morelos? But um oh, okay. I so that that gives you confidence. I think he's 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 got a lot of built in fun Broncos and um mind he was under a bit of pressure the, the second half of last season, folks you know it's a huge week, I think, in the Bragg and the Celtic games came through the end with flying colours and Let's hope we can go on and uh, have a successful season. Totally, totally. Uh, anything else, Matt, anything before we wrap it up? I just just one last thing, mate. I'm sure you've seen this today on uh, on Twitter. A uh, good friend of the podcast and a good personal friend oh, of yours man. as well, Stevie Brown, uh, put a wee post up about Andy. Uh, Stevie sort of looks after Andy. Um, and he had a bit of a bad night last night. Stevie actually posted we nearly lost him last night. So I don't know how, how severe, you know, it was with Andy or whatever, but you know, he's on the mend and Stevie was saying he's a bit of a fight on that. But uh, he put a picture up and there's Stevie smiling away as he always does. So just like to say for everybody in the podcast, Andy, we all hope uh, you're on the mend, mate. And we look forward to seeing you when you're able. Uh, there's a bottle of rum waiting on you and we'll see you at the barn. You as well, Stevie. I know uh, you, you know you're having a tough time, mate, as well, mate. So everybody at the podcast here just wants to send you a love, support, and uh, we can't wait to see you guys. So get well soon, Andy, and we'll thank me, mate, all right? Yep, totally echoing totally inspiration. The guys are inspiration. Um and as you say, Baz, smiling through that just speaks volumes and sums up the person, doesn't it? So I uh, we're all thinking about you. Thanks very much to Paul at Seas. Pleasure, thank you for having me. No problem. Thanks very much to Derek Clark. Cheers, chaps. Jetting off to Blackpool now. Get set up. <laughs> Back to 50. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a fucking bulletproof suit you'll need to do. <laughs> Stab vest. <laughs> and it's good to have the legend that is Baz Bowski back on the podcast, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you, mate. Always a pleasure to be here. One final bit of business for you today watching this is just as that ticker says, why don't you go along and subscribe to the YouTube channel? The threats at the start of the pod, go back and listen to it if you need reminded of it. It is something that will happen. And you I just don't hope you're fucking stupid carry on and go and subscribe <laughs> to the channel. Get involved in the Patreon. We're fed up being nice about it. We try to give you the, we're, we're trying to give you the option and say please. Just fucking go and do it and you're that carry on. You don't want that face appearing at your door. <laughs> <laughs> it's enough to get empty nightmares. <laughs> but enjoy Saturday. Enjoy next Tuesday. We'll see you again next week. Thank you very much for tuning in. When I was a young boy, my father said to me, put this scarf around your neck and sing the blues with me. And now I am much older, there's a place I want to be. 
It's red faucet is beautiful It's steeped in history And I know what I'll find When the place comes alive I got that battle fever Coming over me And I got butterflies and hurricanes Shaking my body you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.